At this time, we're going to turn it over to Major General Nadav Padan, who is, is in Israel and has actually been with a number of the troops over the course of the past, this, past week. He's been with the Navy, he's been with the Air Force, been with the ground troops, with artillery, as well as with the senior leadership of the IDF. And we, we have not had a chance to hear from Major General Padan since last Sunday. So we're very excited to hear his update, his analysis on what's happening on all fronts in Israel. Well, I think that uh, the most important thing to uh, add or to mark over the last uh, few days is the, the way that Iran getting involved into this uh, war. I'm speaking about it for, uh, for quite a while, although it's not at the media in Israel, but you, you could see it uh, the last three uh, weeks or over three weeks that Iran uh, forced to be at the front. They play kind of sophisticated game at the beginning and uh, launched most of the friction with uh, Israel with their proxies, with uh, the Houthis in, in Yemen, with uh, Hezbollah in Lebanon, with the Shia militia in Syria and Iraq and support them from behind. And um, I think that two a major event uh, changed the, the strategic map. One is the involvement of the coalition led by uh, the U.S. against the Houthis. Uh, in Yemen, and the other is the way that Israel targeting the effort of uh, Iran, both in Syria and, and in, in uh, Lebanon. We had three events over the last two days uh, that uh, up to international news, Israel attack a, a leader from the Iranian Revolution Guard, what they call the Quds Force, Quds stand for Jerusalem, the F Jerusalem Force, if you will, uh, that's responsible for the smuggling, for um, uh, export technology and, and support to the proxies uh, all over the Middle East. So that's, that's quite a change. It's, it's a strategic change. Uh, the Iranian already declared that they will respond for it, and uh, the time that they'll support their strategic uh, need, but it's a, a strategic change. General Padan, yeah. to, to what degree has America and the international coalition um, damaged or inhibited the Houthis' stockpiles, their abilities to, to shoot missiles at seas, their, their, their fleet, their naval fleet, etc.? Do we have a sense of, of how significant the damage has been to the Houthis? So I think the damages are significant. I think the the way that some papers measure the damage by percentage of, of missiles or equipment that been destroyed is not the right way to uh, uh, to describe what's going on uh, in Yemen. Uh, speaking about twenty percent, twenty-five percent, it's it's relevant. It's part it's it's part of that component in the system, but it's not described the whole uh, strategic success here. The, the success is to deliver a message to the Houthis. Uh, this is important to the world. We, the Western world, the free world, won't be won't accept the the war that you are trying to uh, play with in 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 this part of the world and beware and and i think that those 48 uh, hours stop here in the 
uh, part of the, the way that uh, the US and the coalition uh, running this strategic uh, uh, effort. And uh, I think as far as I understand, it's too early to, to wrap it up, but, but uh, as far as I understand the result, the results are significant uh, um, and, and the damages are a lot bigger than the percentage of ammunition or missile that been destroyed, physically destroyed. So I, I, I'm not so sure that the U.S. and the coalition will be able to destroy 90% or 100% of of the missiles of the Hurings, but they could force them to uh, go back to their cave. Um, if I'll go back to the challenges uh, from the north to the uh, south, uh, at the north, Israel. Uh, are extending the 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 kind of attack that were, that were launching in in uh, Lebanon. Try to deliver a clear message. Today there were two wave of attack at the at the village of Markaba, the south part of uh, Lebanon. It's a it's a Shia uh, village, and I think the message is is strong. That the kind of target and 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 the way that uh, those wave of attack been launch are different than the fire exchange over the last uh, uh, few weeks. Um, and it's a very fragile kind of game. Um, uh, we can very easily, with miscalculation, with mistakes, run it over the threshold of, uh, of war. And what we're trying to do is, is to push the Hezbollah forces north to the uh, five kilometers from our border and set kind of agreement that will be close as far as possible to 1701 that we signed after 2006. Uh, but, you you know, to all the guys that say shoot there and shoot there, shoot here or shoot there, uh, you have to remember the, when the, that when you are running those kind of game, you should be prepared to a uh, full war. And Israel right now are uh, trying to focus at what happened at the south. Speaking about the, the south, uh, I've got a lot of questions from donors of us about phase one and phase two. Did we change the goals of the war in the south? Nothing changed. Those changes uh, along the Gaza Strip are tactical changes. They, those decisions are tactical decisions. They change over the last uh, few uh, weeks because there is continuous lesson learned that comes uh, uh, and, and change the, the tactic and the way that the IDF maneuvers. So, for example, we withdraw from, from the north part of Gaza uh, with most of the forces and we're launching strike into a center of gravity when uh, it's the right, uh, we have the right opportunities so for example today there was a strike that killed 15 uh, terrorists inside north at, at the north part of gaza so we're letting the terrorists get out of the subterranean system and attacking them when it's a uh, more convenience to uh to our troop uh the operation in Hanyun has continue um uh, the operation at the at the Camp at the center of Gaza Strip continue. Uh, today, it's been focused at, at the El Moazi camp. It's uh, one of the camp at the center of uh, 
of a, a, a Gaza Strip. And the main effort to release the hostages or continue, I don't know if you know, if you saw at any news, but the IDF published that they discover a, a subterranean system with uh, uh, rooms and with uh, doors that uh, uh, inside of it, uh, there were at least 20 hostages been, uh, under the control of Hamas for, uh, for, for a few weeks. Um, this system, by the way... For those who are participating on, on this broadcast and want to see what Major General Padan is speaking about, you can either go to jpost.com or timesofisrael.com and they have images, pictures, both pictures and videos to, of the of what the Major General is describing as we speak. Uh, but just to give you a flavor how complicated the, uh, the situation, the fight to release the hostages is, in this tunnel we find uh, around 90, uh 900 uh meters of tunnels with uh, uh, ids with explosive devices with ballistic doors uh when the idf got into this uh, uh system he fought against uh terrorists and then there were a lot of explosion of, of uh, uh, uh devices that been put as booby trap for for our soldier so uh, uh, to get into those tunnels and to work one uh, uh, k or a few hundred meters inside a very narrow tunnel, without being described by your enemy, it's kind of a, a mission impossible. Uh, so for the old, for all the people that ask question, how come the IDF is not fighting inside the subterranean system? It puts our hostages in huge risk, and we take those risks only when we definitely sure that there is no hostages inside. And that's what happened in this case. We knew that there is no hostages inside this uh, system that allowed us to fight inside it and to kill to kill the terrorists. But we find, as uh, Steve, as you mentioned, a lot of evidence that uh, that our hostages been there, including picture of uh, of uh, a eight years old kid girl that been held there for for uh, days in this terrible, terrible um, uh, place. In Judea and Somalia, the operation uh, continue. We are uh, continuing with the same tactic to clean uh, refugee camp after refugee camp, Casba, um, uh, which is the old center of the cities after Casba, and by that make sure that there is no pump up of, of uh, cells of Hamas inside uh, Judea and Somalia. It's, it's it's an operation that we didn't launch since 2002. Uh, and it's, it's you know, as, as a former uh, central commander, it's a, it's a dream to have the ability to clean all those places that I, over the years when I uh, controlled the central command, um, been avoid to uh, get in, to, to keep the stability and keep uh, other things that uh, were in our concept at the time. Uh, if I have to wrap it up, the success- Can we ask you a question about those um, moves into the Kasbah, the centers of Shechem, Jenin, other places like that? Are they discovering, that soldiers discovering things there 
that are beyond what we assumed were there? Are there surprises in terms of the capabilities of Hamas, of Fatah, of different groups, PIJ, in Judea and Samaria? Or is it primarily what we knew and what we expected, but we have the green light to clean it up? So um, nothing surprises, to be honest. But we're playing very fragile play there um, with the Palestinian Authority, with the way that we want the Palestinian Authority forces to cooperate with us and so forth and so on. And the, uh, the war changed the context. And the context allowed us to do things without breaking all the agreement and breaking everything that we built over the years with, with uh, the local uh, uh leadership so um it it was a kind of a, a desk plans that we had for years to clean those places when you when we had the opportunity and and from the perspective of the central command uh, it's this war uh, provided this opportunity to launch those operation and clean those caspa but but in what we found there is what we knew that there is i mean there is no strategic uh, uh, weapon that we that been discovered but you know ammunition uh, uh, ids ids stand for uh, explosive uh, devices improvised as explosive devices um, um rifles including idf rifle m16 and and ak kalachnikovs which we saw in october 7 could make damages that we cannot uh, allow ourselves. So thank God we were launching those operations and it's about time to clean those areas. Um, if I have to uh, uh, wrap it up, I think that so far from from military perspective, what happened in, in Gaza, it's a, it's a success. Um, those political question or strategic question, what's going to be at the day uh, after the maneuver, uh, it's important question, but from the perspective of the IDF, we maneuver to the places we want to maneuver. We clean and destroy the units that they want to clean and destroy. And we continue with this operation bit by bit. Um, um, it's uh, nothing surprise and uh, nothing is, is a surprise and everything run like we plan it. Um, and I think that if we'll continue, like the IDF uh, uh, said from the very beginning, till the end of the year, we'll be able to uh, destroy the ability of Hamas or destroy Hamas as a, as a military of terror. There will be cells of Hamas. We, we want, you know, erase the, the idea of Hamas from the mind of uh, the Palestinian. And here and there, there will be cells of terrorists, but it won't be a military of terror like it was. Uh, until October 7. Um, from uh, the perspective of, of uh, Didier and Somar, Didier and Somar will be safer and cleaner from, from terrorists, and the huge challenge will be the Iranian and their proxies. And, and it's a test, and it's a challenge not only for Israel, but for Israel and the whole world, and for Israel to recruit the, the free world to understand uh, and become part of, of this effort to clean those evil forces from, from destroying our, our freedom to, uh, to move between Asia, Europe, and, and, 
and uh, Africa and America. Uh, those forces are not looking. Uh, uh, the Iranian are, are not looking at Israel as the as the main goal. It's just another brick, an idea to take over the whole Middle East. And um, our success will be if we'll be able to destroy those connection or reduce their ability to be more correct and to continue with uh, with the uh, accord and with the normalization with the modern uh, country so if we can you know get a situation that we can control gaza troop and have freedom of operation gaza troop and we back to the table with the saudi arabian to this uh, normal normalization talk and we'll sign peace accord with with uh, with Saudi Arabia, that's going to be strategic success, not only for Israel, but for the free world. Because the message is that we are not deterred by those radical uh, Shia group led, led by uh, Iran, and we'll continue with our ability to uh, provide freedom and hope to the Middle East and to the Middle East as a corridor between Asia, Africa, and Europe. Um, and that's a, a, a very strong strategic message. That's going to be the success at the end of 2024. That's good. That should be the message for 2025. Uh, and Iran and its proxies comes out of this weakened, physically weakened in terms of their influence in the world, and that the moderate Sunni nations, as well as Israel, working together through the Abraham Accords and other facets, have created stability for the world. This crucial, crucial area that you said is is really the linchpin of three major continents on this on this globe. Ultimately, should be driven by stability, not by terrorism. Should be driven by moderate Sunnis in, in Israel as opposed to the uh, hegemonic Shia Caliphate of Iran and its six proxies. Right. Thank you, and wishing you a good week.